You're listening to the official Scottish Rugby Podcast. I'm Caroline Blair, as always joined by Chris Patterson. And today we are back inside the Scotland Team Hotel, back inside the Scotland camp, and we're joined by Scotland winger Francesca McGee. Lovely to see you. Nice to see you too. How are you doing? This is all still new. quite new. It's <laughs> all very new, yes. Um, but I'm loving it. It's even just being here, the whole experience and the whole atmosphere is just incredible. So, yeah. Do you think people forget that it's so new? Do you know what I mean? Because like, a lot of people have been around for a number of you know, tournaments, coaches and even support staff. And you kind of fall into a routine a wee bit and you forget as soon as somebody comes along, you know, you've played two games, the last two games, obviously you've been part of the, the squad before that as well, but like, it's still quite new. Do you think people forget? It's, and you just assume that you know where the, don't, the laundry is, the dinner is. Because <laughs> Caroline couldn't find out where we were sitting today. <laughs> That was always going to come yeah, up. Yeah, I think some people do forget <laughs> yeah. that it's all new, but I think this year is, we've been talking about this, it's our first year like properly after COVID as well. Yeah, of course. So I think it's just getting back, everyone's trying to get back into the mm. routine and then I think it works for me as well. There's a mm. few, there's quite a lot of new people and so yeah, I think we're just all fitting back into place and remembering how to do everything and how to... Did you know many ones. of the squad before you joined up? Um... I didn't know a lot. I mm. didn't know any of the more experienced players. Definitely some of the young ones like Emma Orr and Merrill, mm. who I played with in the Celtic Challenge before, mm. um, and a few others like Eva and Eliane. But um, yeah, I didn't know many, but obviously we've been watching them on TV. So I feel like I know them. <laughs> if you wind the clock back a wee bit here, you did mention COVID there. That was quite disruptive to some degree in terms of your own journey. And you're, you're relatively new to the sport. Yeah, so I started in 2018 and then in, so I started at a club in Preston Pans. Mm. Had you played any rugby before that, Francesca? Not any rugby, no. What no, got I, you along? Sorry, say that what again. What got you along So I, my mum saw a Facebook post. Classic um, social media. Yeah, my mum was <laughs> like, this is cool. So I went along and it was just so much fun. I loved it. I played mm. lots of sports. Um, although I was a dancer at the time, so I danced at the Conservatoire of Scotland. Mm. Um, and it was totally different. Mm. And I just liked a new challenge and it was so different. And I met a great group of people. And then 2019, I moved to Watsonians. Um, and then obviously COVID. Um, and I was still too young for the first few months to play for Watsonians. Yeah, so then COVID and then what, last year and a half, it started back up again. So yeah. Mm. And you're playing. playing for Scotland rugby. international <laughs> test rugby aiming for yeah. your third cap how does that trajectory feel for you when you're saying this out loud to us because I don't know about you Mossy but I'm, I'm I'm fairly impressed that in 2018 that was the first time that you mm. touched a rugby ball and now you're representing your your country with full international honours yeah it's um it's quite unbelievable um like I sometimes still struggle to get my head around it. Like the first game after England, mm. I was like, I, that didn't, like I just <laughs> didn't feel like I just played for Scotland. Like it was nothing like I'd ever done before. And I was not expecting to be called up at all. Um, so even just like, even just being here is so like fantastical, like it's crazy. So yeah. But you had success in the, the Celtic Championship as well. So you were Watsonians and then prior to the Six Nations, what was it? Uh, was it January, February time? Fe the games? Yeah, February time. Uh, the, February time. And you had success here playing a couple of games. That, and you obviously got to play alongside some of the players here. But that must have given you confidence as well. Yeah, it definitely, um, like you say, it gave me confidence. Mm. But it also sort of like bridged the gap between just club training and then futures mm. training and then coming in here. It was a lot 
well, there was familiar faces, but also just like the routine and the intensity of training and stuff. It def definitely bridged the gap, which was supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. which they, was yeah, I was so, going to yeah. say that that's really interesting hearing you saying that because that's ultimately from the powers that be, they'll be very happy about that because that is ultimately the, the intention, isn't it? So did you feel that to be the case? Yeah, no, there was um, even from last year in Futures because we played England under 20s um, and then to this year, the Celtic Challenge, the steps are getting so much closer together, which is a lot easier for younger players coming through. And it's just, it eases you in. Like, it it was still a big jump, mm -hmm. um, but it was less so than I thought it would be. In so, what yeah. way do you yeah. think when you say it eases you in, can you give us some examples as to? I think, well, for me, obviously, Chris being our, Laidlaw being our attacks coach, you know, it was mm -hmm. like, it's similar. Um, you know, he ran the um, session similarly. But also just, um, well, with the contracted players coming down, they brought an intensity into training. And then also just games in such like an intense environment and playing against other international players like in the mm. Welsh team and the Irish team, there were, con there were contracted players and um, internationals as well. So just everything just sort of made it easier to be in those environments, yeah. And did you find you had to do more preparation about strength and condition, whether it's fitness work, but also preparation on field in terms of analysis or position. Did you get an opportunity to do that? That, that is what it's like playing for you know, international rugby. Were you able to do that or get exposure to that in the kettle challenges? Yeah, well? there was a lot of analysis and you know, it's not just about what you do on the pitch, but mm -hmm. afterwards as well, you know, in recovery and all the sort of little things that people forget about that mm -hmm. actually just make all the difference. So game analysis as well, sitting on huddle and watching sessions and your games. And then even when you don't like it, watching the bits that you shouldn't have <laughs> done or like the bad bits that didn't go well. So yeah, no, it all it all adds up and it all makes a difference. On that, another random segment, do you get more, when you're sitting watching it, even on your own or amongst others in many team meetings, or whatever, do you get more embarrassed at the good stuff you do or the bad stuff you do? Oh, great question. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> if the bad stuff is really bad <laughs> and then it's like, in our analysis like <laughs> sessions it's watched, isn't yeah because i'm like oh this won't be in it's fine <laughs> no no it'll be in it oh, in but it. yeah that's embarrassing but then if you do something really well and everybody cheers and rubs yeah, their head it's quite embarrassing that's as well, embarrassing as well you're like oh <laughs> should, have, should have just done that <laughs> so what we're it. saying is fly under the radar yeah, yeah. just yeah. don't do anything no, bad never. Go to anything good. No, <laughs> never rip it and rip it and get yeah. after it but it is it can be quite embarrassing when you if you've done something good and folk are looking at it and nudging you and winking you and oh yeah, you. It's, it's, yeah. it's quite annoying or it's it? when everyone turns to look at you <laughs> bright red <laughs> do you find that to be quite a, a marker then in terms of your development because I mean let's go back to 2018 I mean five years ago did you mm. expect to be where you are right now at this point in time definitely not um no I remember my first few sessions it was just like I just caught the ball or tried to and then run like that was it and then trying to tackle was just the weirdest mm -hmm. thing because it's like you know have to do it right otherwise mm -hmm. you get hurt and I was still a little scared mm -hmm. um, how old were you I was 15 16 okay mm -hmm. yeah um and all the girls I'd played with had played for played with for for a few years so they were a lot more confident in tackling and uh, yeah one of, one of my best friends she's um, just moved into the second row, so she's big, mm. and she just used to pick me. And I was like, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> little. Like I can't be hit by you that hard. <laughs> it's funny because I think that's something that a lot of players will will worry about. 
but you obviously overcome it. So how do you overcome that? Because it's totally natural if you've never played mm. the game before. And for me, I think I know the answer. I won't try and give away what I think. But how do you overcome that? What gives you the confidence to to tackle freely and bravely like you did and are doing in the last couple of rounds of Six Nations and beyond? What's, um, what's, what's that that's changed? What's allowed you to change your mindset? I think just like, pra- like yep. practice makes perfect, definitely. Yep. And um, just when you like put in a good big hit and it like it makes you feel good so you're like I'm gonna do that again and then you like look to do that in the next Mm -hmm. game and in practice and stuff so yeah I think like practice but also just you know if your friend makes a good hit Mm -hmm. and then they or they'll give you like a pointer or you know if they're watching you and I think just like comes between your friends comes Mm -hmm. between your coaches and stuff and practice yeah that just it is it's tackle technique and you can get that through training at a real low level like sometimes I think people assume you have to get good at defence and tackling by running and smashing each other it's it's slow controlled tackle technique and when you've got that tackle technique you can add the intensity and then the confidence comes off the back Is it important also when we're looking at taking Francesca as an example here starting at 15 Mm. and is it also important to to introduce fun into it as well from a coach. I mean, when oh, yeah. you're starting any new sport, it's what sport, makes you come back, isn't it? It's what makes you come back mm-hmm. ultimately. And practice is the backbone of what you've just said too. Yeah, my like, I had so much fun learning to play rugby, <laughs> and everyone I played with had learned a lot when they were younger. But you know, the coaches still managed to bring in like games, and I I loved kick tennis. Mm-hmm. Couldn't kick the ball very well. I mean, I don't think I've met anyone who doesn't. But. <laughs> Yeah, no, just just like little games at the end that you know, not get you through, but like you're like, okay, we do this, and then we have some fun. You know, like you work hard, and then you've got your fun afterwards. So, yeah, I I think fun is like Chris said. You know, it makes you want to come back. So yeah. What did you do in terms of setting targets? So did you do you set targets? What type of player are you in terms of your own growth and your development? At what point did you say, I'm targeting the Scotland jersey, and um, then what comes next for you? I, well, I trialed for under 18s, um, so I was super new to the sport. So trialed for both years that I was still under 18, and I didn't get in. And I, I w- wasn't bothered by that because I hadn't been playing long. Mm-hmm. I just needed to develop. And it was more about like learning when I was there and getting coaching tips rather than trying to get in. And then obviously COVID. And then I remember I went to the Futures trials and that's when I got in and that's sort of when I was like okay like this is a good like what would be the next step from here would however long it took would be yeah to wear the Scotland jersey so it it sort of just it sort of just came about that I wanted to be a rugby player like I just sort of like started playing rugby and I just fell in love with it. Would you say it found you and you've taken the opportunity and run with it? Yeah for sure I Five years ago, I was not expecting to be sitting here right now or have two caps for my country, um, especially not in rugby. Like I, if there was another sport, probably, because mm-hmm. I played hockey and lacrosse and stuff, So, but not rugby. It's so, in the sport, yeah. though. Your brother plays Kyle. He's under, yeah. got under 20s and yeah. still in Wolves at Super 6. He's, he's played a lot. So it's obviously in the, it's in the blood. Yeah, it's in the blood. My, does, he, does he support you? Yeah. My <laughs> brother... What's happening at the end? My <laughs> brother <laughs> loves it. He is so proud of me and he Good. he loves to tell me that which I'm surprised about <laughs> no, no he he loves the whole like being involved and it like he said to my parents the other day he was like I finally get that like proud parent like <laughs> um 
like that experience and he, I was like okay <laughs> but um, no he loves it and he's just does he feedback on your games yet yeah oh, <laughs> oh there's a change of mood that's it <laughs> how does that yeah. do you feedback on his yes good, good. Yeah. so how, how's that um, process <laughs> sometimes it's um, unnecessary <laughs> or not in the right moment but no um I'll take any feedback from him. He's uh, he's done really well, so yeah. I'd pay you to be a fly on the wall in that conversation yeah. as well. Uh, looking in, in terms, and actually, just before we move on from your brother, am I not right in thinking, did he not reach the semi-finals of like a really major barista competition recently? Yeah, he did. So did he, he, yeah, is, I'm talking about fun facts. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> I is um, the 14th best barista in the UK. There you go. Yeah, yeah so... Um, First year competing for him, and how do you get that? We've gone on a tangent. I'm it's, sorry, um, fascinating. I didn't realise that there was like coffee competitions no. and stuff, but no, a few maybe a month ago or so, he had he just entered, um, and so it was like quarterfinals. So yeah, he came. So he's he was the only Scottish person oh. to qualify, um, and then he made it to the the semi-finals, became fourteenth. So he's really happy with that, and he was like, "This is my first year. Like, I was not, I wasn't even expecting to get through the, to the quarterfinals." So, oh, yeah, it's been, it's been quite a. Uh, be a cure I've learned a lot about the yeah. yeah. family and there'll be, there'll be a here, cure though. around the block at the <laughs> yeah. coffee shop in the yeah. well, indeed, yeah. and well indeed looking to this tournament then and what I guess I guess the thing I always like to ask especially when you're early in your international career is what are you learning about yourself that you might not have known before you went into the, your Scotland camp and, and started experiencing test match rugby in the way that you are just now um, it's definitely quite like mentally challenging being in here mm -hmm. and just being in this environment because there's a lot of competition um, and especially being young and coming in and then starting which I was not expecting at all um yeah no the day before the England game I was uh, like a nervous wreck I was like someone was trying to speak to me I was like I'm gonna cry in a minute like I was so <laughs> nervous and then I think um like Rachel Malcolm just said to me, like it's just another game of rugby. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't matter. Like just just play. And I think that's, I think that just, like I just learned about myself that it's actually like it doesn't matter. Like mm -hmm. it it's a game of rugby. And then just that I can, you know, control my nerves and just controlling the things that you can control and stuff. So, and just like being in a whole new environment actually. I enjoy like a challenge, definitely learned that about myself. Not that I didn't know that before, but I think this pushes you mentally as well. And I think, you know, being a rugby player, you push yourself physically, but then I think you forget about the mental side as well. So yeah. Did you, so true. Yeah, did, did you ever feel, was it like first touch of the ball? I mean, what, at what point do you start to settle into a game? Do you, for those of us that don't play, that's a part yeah, of the game that we don't really. A first touch is important, but I think you, you, you learn and you develop other coping mechanisms as well. It's quite hard. Francesca plays in the back three. I played quite a lot in the back three. So your, your first touch might be 25, might be 60 minutes yeah. of the game. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? You know, so you can't just rely on the first touch or first tackle. You have to be kind of mentally involved with the game the whole time. This sounds probably a bit ludicrous to some people, but I used to find myself almost talking through the game as it happened. Mm -hmm. So talking to yourself, listen, and then moving to the 15, I need to get up and close the gate, I'm going to drop back, the standoff might kick it to the left, and almost talk, because you're not close to the play, you're not involved in a lot of it a lot of the times, so you have to stay mentally engaged, and one way of doing that is talking through it. So you find these different strategies and different bits and pieces as you go on, but 
there's definitely like looking for work, getting involved, even congratulating somebody next to you who's done someone well, staying in the game. Is being really, really present. Be, being present yeah. the whole time because, and you know, well, you'll know as well, like if in the back three for that moment you don't, that's when the ball goes in behind yeah. you and you're out of position. So it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is really hard. Mm. Um, like you say, like it could be like 20 minutes before mm. you even touch the ball. Mm. But like, yeah, first tackle, first touch are important. But I think just as well, like talking to the other players, like I think... Chloe will be good behind you as well. Yeah. Like, oh, experience in it. Yeah. I feel like sometimes I forget to talk and then I hear <laughs> Chloe talking. I'm like, oh, I've got to do that as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like talking and... Like you say, just staying yeah. present in it and yeah. actually I sort of like commentate like what's going on. Yeah. So it's you so just important. so you stay present, yeah. I mean, people think like what are you on? But it's so important because the minute you don't, the minute you switch off, the minute you relax, that's lo and behold when yeah. you're needed. So it's uh, it's that I think it's easier we'll say it's easier for forwards because they're closer to it. But it is a challenge <laughs> well, when yeah, you're, when like you're saying, it could be twenty ultimately far away from the ball. It's funny because in 109 te test matches, and I've watched every one of Chris Patterson's games, I don't recall ever seeing you talking to yourself, no. so you're obviously doing it yeah. very well. I'm a good ventriloquist. <laughs> yeah. It's just like little little movements with your mouth. Exactly. I'm worried that the TV will come Maybe up. Maybe I wasn't like even talking to myself. myself. Maybe I thought I was talking yeah. to myself. Yeah. Yeah. This has definitely gone But it is true, isn't it? Like you, you want to get in the game. How did you find that England game? Because you're, you're right into the baptism of fire, playing one of the top teams in the world, and they're speed of ball I thought how they retained possession against you guys I thought your defence early on was excellent yeah. and it had to be and they eventually scored but it, it took a long time certainly the first couple of tries mm. it was multi-phase high tempo high yeah. you have to be in it right away don't you how do you find the first few minutes yeah, of that test um, like I wasn't expecting my like first ta tackle yeah. to be so soon yeah um, <laughs> And I remember Jess Breach just running at me. I was like, oh, God. I was like, I just, go. I just hope that I make the tackle. Because I think when, you, when you're in that position and someone mm. so good as Jess Breach is coming at you, you're like, I just, you just have to get her down. Like, if you, you're overthinking, you're, yeah, if you're going to make that mistake. You're going to win that. You're going to win it. Yeah, you? that's what Bernie says about Perfect. That's what Brian Easton says about you, though, isn't it? It's like, you're, you're fearless. And, well, there it is. Yeah, it was, um, <laughs> I was probably less fearless the day before but um <laughs> no I just like it, it was just another game of rugby yeah. um super difficult yeah. like not saying I've never played a game of rugby like that before mm -hmm. in my life so yeah it was it was a step up but I loved it and yeah just and Wales was a different challenge wasn't it yeah like physical challenge a number of tackles and again and the volume of defending you had to do as a team was probably greater than it was a week before, I think. Yeah. And long periods without possession. So it was different maybe in terms of speed, but physically probably more challenging. Yeah, there was definitely a very different mindset and a different atmosphere in, mm. in, in camp on, on game. That's yeah, it was, edge, yeah, everyone was on edge and in the changing room before, you know, everyone mm. just was focused on their job in hand and, you know, the game. And it was very different, which... Yeah. Um, can you still enjoy it when you feel oh, that sense of nervousness and edge and bite for use of a better phrase? Yeah, I think... Or do you enjoy it more? I think I actually enjoy it when it's more of an mm. intense game. Because I think in the England game, we were expect or we were just trying to, like, you know, sort of suppress them, mm -hmm. not, like, stop them. Mm -hmm. So, but definitely in the Wales game, it was totally different. You know, we were like, we can win this game. Mm. 
and mm -hmm. it was just about getting on top and you know like stopping them and not making the silly mistakes and yeah it was game on for that one wasn't yeah. it and you were also at home at the damn yeah. health what was that experience like oh um you know everyone was talking about it before that when Loch Lomond plays mm. just before kickoff and I was like oh yeah but like the national anthem and stuff guys <laughs> and then Loch Lomond started playing I was like oh, I was singing along I was I forgot that I had a game to play <laughs> I was just enjoying the crowd yeah and um you know having all my friends and family there um more so than I did in England but it was just amazing so yeah love playing at home and then France that's a, a different prospect again to yeah. look ahead to. So talk to us a bit about the trip to trip over to France. Yeah, so we're all really excited for this game. Um, you know, Wales was a tough loss for sure. Um, but France isn't... Um, it's still going to be a hard game, but it's not too, hot, it's not too far to... Um, I think we could definitely give them a run for their money. And, you know, we no one wants to go into a game thinking that we're going to lose so of course we've got the mindset that we can win and we will win um we just you know need to keep our heads and keep learning from the last few weeks and in training this week and stuff so yeah they've lost a bit of experience through retirement france last year's game i don't know if you remember or saw it at scots and i thought france were brilliant in terms of decision making mm -hmm. scored a couple of brilliant tries from counter-attack Son Seuss was at nine, who's now retired, and she just almost controls the whole thing. So, so they're missing a wee bit of experience, but it's still a threat, isn't it? And, yeah. and the thrill of playing in France as well is yeah. a, something I to think look forward that, to. That'll bring an extra pressure. Mm. Uh, France have been doing really well so far this campaign. Mm. So I think it's, yeah, France away will be tough. Does that give it a bit of an edge, though, as well? You know what I mean? Yeah, they've won their opening too, but that it makes it quite an exciting thing. Yeah, prospect. and I think there's that, like, the prospect of going and playing so well in France mm -hmm. when they're just probably just expecting to, you know, play as well as they have been, and it's home game for them, so they'll be absolutely buzzing. You know, the energy in there will be insane, but, you know, just what can we do to just, you know, annoy them? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Just, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, it's... Yeah three weeks in a row as well, three games back to back, so away in France and then home to Italy and Ireland. That's an schedule, that, isn't it? It's hard thing. going, eh? I'm saying that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looking over at you. Yeah, you look at France, that's, that's Francesca will not want to look too far ahead yeah. Yeah. You know, for France, but in terms of like three internationals back to back, mm. there's a six day turnaround between um, France and Italy. So that, that, yeah, it's a challenge as well, but it, it's great. It's, it's, you know, there's a challenge associated with every game you play, but it will be, it's a, it's a tough, I can speak on behalf, it'll be a tough three weeks, but loads to learn and loads to, to gain from it. It's interesting as well, the momentum that's coming with, with the TikTok Women's Six Nations, this campaign in particular, we've felt it for the last few, but this one in particular really feels like there is a lot of atmosphere around it. So I was speaking to a couple of, a couple of students actually the other day, just in the gym, and was chatting to them and they were they were talking about it quite freely so I, I butted into the conversation as I tend to do uh, and just sort of was, was keen to hear oh, a bit so more about no, it. You, no you I wasn't involved right, in it. So just, just, oh, right, okay. I thought I was talking to you about no, it. No, 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 you know what I'm like. No, I so I, so I, I ended up getting involved in this chat and we had a really interesting chat about it and one of the things that they said that they were enjoying was actually that intensity of schedule that like they know that yeah. they're going to go to the last two home games that they're mm. they feel that there's a real connection, connection to the players through social media, the fact it's a TikTok Women's Six Nations as well, all of these factors. But are you as a player feeling that momentum and are you feeling that connection with the fans too? Yeah, I think for the next three weeks, we are super excited. Mm -hmm. Like, and 
I, even though it is a, only a six day turnaround, like like you say, you don't lose that momentum. Like you've just, however the game goes on Sunday, we'll be back in training on Tuesday, you know, we'll take whatever we can from that game and then build on it. If we made mistakes, then we try and get rid of those. And then, and then it's the same for the Ireland game. So I think- That's a good point, good mm, way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's- so you're not fearing the fact that it's, no fear's the wrong word, but you're not concerned that it's three games back to back to back. No, I think it's we're just, it's an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think we're just excited to, you know, keep yeah. going and, yeah. So I, I have was a pessimist. Yeah, yeah, well. I was like, oh no, I'm going to be really sore for three weeks in a row, but <laughs> far, more, far more positive I mean, that's definitely <laughs> still in my head. <laughs> that could be <laughs> experience. That's not stuff in here, yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. Francesca, I think we are going to be speaking to you plenty over the years to come. What a pleasure it has been getting to know you. Thank you so, so much for your time on the official Scottish Rugby Podcast and very best wishes for the game ahead. So, of course, Scotland are on the road for round three of the TikTok Women's Six Nations this weekend, taking on France on Sunday at 3.15pm. You can watch that match on BBC Scotland and BBC iPlayer. And of course, keep across the live updates on Scottish Rugby's social media channels. Oh, I could have spoken to Francesca for a while there. What a, what a, cracking, uh, what a cracking talent. A really exciting future ahead of her. Yeah, it's um, like really, she's, I mean, she's been excellent anyway. Really athletic. Obviously picks the game up really quickly. Tiff, you know, it's tough to play in the wing, tough to defend in the wing, but she's done it really well. Uh, scored a couple of brilliant tries in the Celtic Challenge she spoke about and, and really really stood out there. So to make the jump to the Celtic Challenge and then in one season, or matter a month really, six weeks, a month later, to make the, the jump to international rugby, um, it just shows that the talent she has. And you can see that she, and hear that she's so happy and around learning and developing and pushing on. And I quite like the fact that she, didn't directly answer your question about setting goals and where next because mm. you get the impression just keep going keep going and go and go and go that's that's yeah. the way to go as well isn't yeah. it like have a yeah, focus or keep it inside almost, almost don't limit where you're going to yeah. be as well in some ways so she's uh yeah, doing really a well, big part of the squad and you know a lot of experience around about her help so uh yeah it's just uh it's just doing really well but it's a good story for somebody who's quite late to rugby mm. um to be able to pick up as much as she has in such a short time and, and keep succeeding Brian Eason described her as chill as well, and I'd, 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 think I'd that, say yeah. I'd, I'd Maybe another day before her first test, <laughs> first cap, she seemed nervous, but no, it's good. Yeah, and you know, wish him well. Tough game, France away, really hard. Um, I said before, like France, I've lost a wee bit of experience, but they're still a quality side. Uh, and then Italy and Ireland. Italy, um, probably not quite as strong as previous years, mm. but we'll play a brilliant brand of rugby. It'd be a great game, that. Yeah, so. that'd be a cracker. And then Ireland to finish, where Ireland will be disappointed with their start as well. So yeah, it'll be a bit on the line there. Fosrock Super Series Sprint then. Gosh, it's back. Uh, what were, you were you were involved this week? It was Melbourne on Friday night. It was yeah. great. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Ayrshire Bulls versus Glasgow A. Proper game. Exactly what you want it to be. Um, Ayrshire Bulls came out on top and they were good. Well There's a feeling it. of a derby about that as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the players would have trained with and each other early part of the week. Um, and, you know, a bit of crossover, players who've played for Glasgow, playing for Ayrshire and vice versa. So, yeah, there was an edge. But I thought um, Ayrshire Bulls were, were good for their win. They, they probably um, survived a bit of early pressure. Uh, and Glasgow, A, didn't capitalise as, as, as good as they really should have done in terms of backing up the pressure with points early on and that I think gave the Ayrshire Bulls a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of confidence and then I thought the defence was excellent after that I thought they looked cohesive 
um, you know, there's a there's a hard edge to how they play, um, and scored four excellent tries as well, set piece tries, counter attack tries, a whole lot. So um, more cohesive than the probably the, the Glasgow A side who who you know understandably haven't spent as much time preparing as a team, but a really good matchup. And it's great now as well. We can, you know, we've got the ease of being able to watch it across the BBC platforms, and of course on Scottish, yeah. Scottish Rugby's channel. So we get to see you <laughs> too, as always. <laughs> but but as this as this um, as, as this tournament is evolving over the over the seasons, it's 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 actually it's gaining momentum too. But it's also it's really well. It's a big crowd at Melbourne yeah, as well. It's, it's um, a great it's a great showpiece. Yeah, it? it was. It was big crowd. That I've not I've try to get through the game, see all the bits of games and watch them back. So I've not seen the, the Stirling, Barramuir game, but Stirling came out in top. top yeah. um, pretty tight at half-time, I think, but Stirling pulled away in the second half. Um, I saw some of the Edinburgh game, Edinburgh versus Heritage or Heritage versus Edinburgh, which again was probably a better first half for, for Edinburgh and a better second half for Heritage. Proper combative games. Um, and Southern Knights went to the, well, the, the championship winning um, Watsonian's team and, and, and again were more prepared and better than I thought it would be I thought they'd maybe struggle a wee bit in terms of playing the, the team that is so consistent I mean, and then last year oh and, and hasn't really changed much at all throughout the whole of last season yeah. Watsonians uh, and even from last season to now Watsonians yeah. so um, yeah great rugby exactly you know, testing for so many players testing for coaches and match officials um, and I look forward to, to the games this weekend as well. And talking about those games, so yes, you've mentioned Watsonians, they take on Edinburgh Rugby. That's uh, on Friday. Ayrshire Bulls v Stirling Wolves. Then on to Saturday, it's Heriots are hosting Southern Knights and later on, Barramuir Bears versus Glasgow Warriors A. And a final home game then for Mike Blair in Edinburgh Rugby on Saturday at 7.35pm. So, I mean, obviously, taking on Ospreys, mostly they'll want to round that season. Yeah, Ospreys have improved as well. Um, much better than they were for the, the kind of early and middle part of the season. So it's a tough old chance, but I think it's vital that Edinburgh win. They need to finish on a high, um, have a good performance. Uh, and, and that's what they can do. It with, there's a lot of players there that will be moving on as well. Uh, last opportunity, so... Um, we hope the fans can get behind them and get a, a positive performance and, and a much-needed win. So, Glasgow Warriors, I mean, when we look at everything that's happening there, we're f well, I mean, they're looking very comfortable in the top four of the, the URC mm. at this point with a couple of games to go, home ties. You've got Scarlets this weekend yeah. and then in a couple of weeks they'll be taking them on again in the yeah. European Yeah, as a result of the, the win, the quarter-final win on, on when was it Saturday night, wasn't mm. it? A really tough Quarter game. Quarter game. Really physical, really hard I mean, the lines were, they're massive. They're absolutely massive, but they bring a physicality and an edge. And I thought, you know, Glasgow's defence was excellent. We spoke... But tested. Yeah, absolutely. And we spoke, and we know about Glasgow's attack and how good it's been, the attack and flair and the number of tries they scored. I think it was 11 the week before. Mm. And they, um, you know, they've scored a, an awful lot of tries. They've attacked really quite well. And naturally, you then think, oh, Glasgow's great because their attack's really good. But I tell you what, their defence was... It had to be good on... I mean, there's times, of course, you're going to be broken. Of course, you're going to be, you know, lose out here or there. But the physical stress it was under um, on on Saturday night against the Lions, it was really tested. So the two parts, main parts of the game were marrying up really quite well. Um, and across tournaments too, which oh yeah. happens. And that, well, that's, I think, you know? Yeah, and I think that's, that's a... I say a consequence, it's a positive consequence of how Franco Smith's rotated his squad. It's almost taken the opposition out of it. There's such a drive to get into that Glasgow team and represent Glasgow, be it Munster, 
three weeks ago yeah. or Dragons in a different competition last week in, in Europe um, and then obviously well the weekend just passed Lions in Europe and then this weekend back to URC against the Scarlets so no matter who the opposition is there's a level of performance and a level of intensity from Glasgow Warriors um, because everybody's fighting to get in that that starting team so it almost takes the two things it takes the opposition out of it and as Franco Smith said all year he's taking the result out of it he's looking for performance so he's created that want to perform the competition internally yeah. Yeah. And, and, the, and the result then is a byproduct of that so it's ex- exactly what they're doing now there'll be knocks and bumps and injuries of course um, but it's, you have to be playing well to get into that team um, so and it's what you want when you come now and you knock it effectively there's two URC rounds of regular season but it's, mm-hmm. it's knockout rugby from thereafter. now on if you want to get your top four and you want to obviously progress thereafter so take take the, the meetings with Scarlet then um, from your, your experience so they're, they're, they're host, as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're hosting Scarlets in the URC, but then they're away to Scarlets in mm-hmm. the semi-final of the Challenge Cup. Mm-hmm. So from a player's perspective, are those games different in any way, taking out the, the location, the, the geography? I, th- I think as an outsider looking in, I think you probably do say they're different. Um, I, think, I, I think it's understandably Glasgow haven't lost at home since a year past January, um, you know, and, and the, if, there was, if there was a criticism or if there was a, a negative towards Glasgow at the start of the season, it was their away form. Mm. But they've remedied that, they've found it away, they've been excellent on the road as well as being at home. So you would say that the, the second leg or the, the away game would, would pose a different pressure. I was down at the Edinburgh game versus Scarlets, I think, in January or February. And Scarlets have really hit the ground running this season. I think they're unbeaten in 2023. Um, they, they've got some star players playing at the top of their game so they're going to bring an attacking threat um, and that's been probably born on their home form um, they'll be fighting obviously to, to come up and win this weekend but I think the games are, are different one's home one's away but and the competitions does that make a difference I don't think, I, I don't think so because it's maybe maybe sometimes but I don't think to this Glasgow squad as I said before because the, the focus is on themselves performing rather than what the opposition of what, what two minutes in. Now, that's probably not the case for all teams. Certainly some of the teams I played in, you made a, a real point of it being going from URC or whatever iteration it was when the years that I played into Europe. There would be a change in training schedule that week. There would be, sometimes you would stay together in a hotel for a home game the night before a European game. So it would be a, a distinct difference or an effort to make it a distinct difference. But the Glasgow guys, I think, is just really focusing on on themselves and, and it's and the, the perfor- next game it's isn't the it? next game it's the next performance yeah you're seeing that mm. we can't talk about Glasgow Warriors and not make reference or mention uh, Ryan Wilson in the news yeah. this week that, that he's this is him serving his 13th and final season at mm. Scotston what, looking back on his time uh, with the club former former captain there as well yeah. what, what a mark he's made oh yeah I mean he uh, I think I'm right in saying I think I played against him as well. I did think his first season I played a couple of times against him. I remember being quite lippy and try <laughs> no try catch you out some ways. <laughs> uh, I don't believe it. I don't know, but he's uh, yeah. I mean, he's you know what, but Ryan, he's been utterly brilliant in a number of ways, and he's I think a sign of like really good players or players that are able to adapt and change and grow. And like he's he's been a a ball handling back row player. He's played at six, seven, and eight. He's been one of the can he go to counter attackers when Glasgow played their open flowing games for a number of years? He was used as a distributing option off short line outs because his passing was so good. 
he's got that hard edge where he's led by the front, he's roughed everybody up, he's been in and amongst it. So he's kind of played all so many different vital roles um, as a captain and as a, as a player for Glasgow Warriors. It's, I think that somehow goes to underline how important and how valuable he is. I mean, you get it takes a lot because you're actually adding bits to your game as a different type of player for different situations. Most mm-hmm. players are, are a type of player and you know the guys are going to work hard and just do everything right and you know the guys are maybe got to be a bit more flamboyant or some are going to be you know more attack focused or defensive but he's kind of ticked all the boxes now maybe because he's been there that long but he has had crucial roles that have been different over the years and he's taken them on and excelled so and he's, he's the uh, sort of guy that you want in, in the squad as well in terms even, of yeah, being I, around I, I, that's ob- yeah obvious and obvious to everybody who watches the games probably less obvious but more important to people who don't see him Monday to Friday in and around the squad, welcoming foreign players, welcoming new players to the club, embarrassing players who've stepped out of line at the club. <laughs> he has. He's, he's been totally invaluable and is totally invaluable in terms of his, his the Glasgow Warriors spirit or what it means to be a warrior. He's epitomised all that on and off the field. Well, we wish him all the very best for whatever comes next. And as for us, that's it for this week on the official Scottish Rugby podcast. As always, you can sit across the Scottish Rugby social media channels and scottishrugby.org for all of the latest news and content.